Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. All right, men. Welcome to today's episode of uh, Strong Men, Strong Marriages. Many, we're talking about the Beatitudes versus the high achieving personality. So um, my name is Mike Fraser, MD. I'm a psychiatrist and marriage coach. Uh, I help high achieving Christian men have more intimate marriages. So I've been studying the Beatitudes lately. My wife and I had a date last night and uh, kind of tied these two together a little bit. So my wife and I, we switch off who plans the date each week. This week, it was my turn to, to plan date night. So lately, these past few weeks, my wife, she's been in a, a more kind of depressed, anxious place. Um, happens sometimes. It's something that she uh, she struggles with. Um, and so, you know, we drove out um, and, you know, we're sitting in the car and she's just kind of quiet. She's on her phone and you know, didn't really want to hold hands. I had reached out to hold hands with her. Um, and so in that moment, right, I started noticing myself getting upset, you know, getting angry. Um, this had happened before. Um, and so, you know, I, I started going down a direction that was problematic. <laughs> so I've, I've gone this way many times. I started thinking to myself things like, why can't you just be happy? You know, why can't we just have fun on this date? You know, why does this have to happen all the time? I put on all this effort. Why can't you just smile? Why can't you just hold hands? Right. Basically what's wrong with her? Why can't she do what I want her to do? So what this started to lead to is feelings of anger, feelings of resentment. Right. And even if I kind of acted nice, even if I was like, oh no, it's okay. Or, you know, you, you know, you're like, let's just do this or start listening to music. I've done all these things before, basically trying to kind of avoid these thoughts kind of acting like things are fine, even though I'm mad, right? What this would have led to is for sure a bad date, right? Wouldn't have turned out very well. So that was one option I had. And I did start going down that road and I have gone down that road plenty of times. Um, but my other option was to just try to understand, right? Try to get into her shoes a little bit, okay? And to think about what was my own goal for the date night, okay? My goal was to connect and have a good time with my wife, right? I have control over my side of that. Like, how can I still have fun? How can I still connect with her? Even if maybe she's not wanting to do the things that I want to do, like hold hands in that moment. Later on, she did, and I'll, and I'll tell you why, right? It's because I shifted my thoughts and mindset, right? So how could I connect and have fun with her? Really, I had to just genuinely understand where she was coming from right? So she's sitting there, she's on her phone, right? And so what I did was I just asked, hey, you know, how are you feeling? You know, what's going on? Uh, and she'd already told me some things from before. So I just kind of brought some of those up. Are those still difficult? You know, how are things going? Um, and she told me, right? And I was able to understand, but also kind of, you know, make a few jokes about it, kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Um, I stopped trying to control her mood and be mad that she wasn't, you know, as happy as I wanted her to be on the date, right? I didn't start start trying to control her physical connection. I just tried to understand her and have a good time. In other words, I tried to have fun and connect with her, right? And the best way to do that, again, is by trying to understand her. So what did that lead to? It led to a better 
mental connection. We were able to, I was able to understand her better, both what she was thinking and how she was feeling. Okay. Then that led to a better physical connection. She felt safer with me at that point, right? I could, I wasn't someone that was judging and, you know, telling her she needed to be better than she was, right? I was someone that was trying to understand her and connect with her and have a good time together, right? So, and it led to even a physical connection through the, throughout the night and later in the night, but it started there, right? I could have gone two directions with this. And of course my wife has her responsibility too. Like she was open to my understanding her. She was open to, you know, later this, you know, physical touch and all of that. But like my side of it was important, right? I, I wouldn't, this would not have happened if I would have continued down that road of she needs to change. Right. Instead it was like, how can I have fun and connect with my wife? And that sent me in a better emotional state that was more safe to her. And then she was able to connect in those ways. Okay. So one of the things we did for part of our date night was we did a personality test. It was from a book called Personality Plus by Florence Lidauer. Would definitely recommend it. It's really fun. You know, there's lots of different personality things out there. Um, this one, just the way she writes it and everything, it's it's really pretty funny. Um, so when we did this test, what I found out was that I was even more than I thought, very heavily, this personality called, called powerful choleric. And I have a little bit of the peaceful phlegmatic where I, I can access that listening part of me. Um, and I can, I can do that. And then the popular saying, when I like to have fun, sometimes I was, uh, you know, joke around, do that, but the, I was lowest in the perfect melancholic. That's like the more very organized, likes things, you know, keeps things, yeah, just organized, let's say, um, kind of brooding deep, deep in thought, that kind of thing. Um, so that was me. Right. And then she was more like a pretty even split between the perfect melancholic and the peaceful phlegmatic and with a little bit more of the perfect melancholic. So basically we're like almost opposite (laughs) in these, uh, in these things. And it was funny to see the descriptors of the strengths and weaknesses between the two. So for the choleric strengths, being strong-willed, competitive, self-reliant, positive, independent. I, I 100% relate to those descriptors, right? They're in the book, she says, it's fueled by this, fueled by achievement, right? You like to get to that next level and, and do these things, right? All that's very positive, right? And it, it, all those traits actually are attractive uh, to women and to, uh, to your wife. It's probably part of why she wanted to be with you. <laughs> they, um, in the book, it says, You'll get along with this person if you subscribe to their mantra, which is do it my way now. <laughs> so uh, I could definitely relate to that. I'm more, I'm more like this at home than other places. But I mean, I started my own business, right? Because I kind of like to do things my way. Um, so the weaknesses, right? Being impatient. Definitely, I, I understand that. Being proud, thinking you're smarter, better than the people around you. Definitely, right? Domineering, intolerant, okay? Uh, not very sensitive. Sometimes if someone's having a hard time, it's kind of like, get over it, right? That's where you tend to go to, um, being manipulative, being stubborn. So I definitely connect with all of those and those ones are not very attractive, right? (laughs) So, uh, phlegmatic is more peaceful, submissive, controlling, obliging listener, good listener, right? The cons of that are being fearful and indecisive. So a lot of times the choleric 
other per- things we call us like a red personality type. The, they tend to match up with a, uh, a phlegmatic or a white, right? Peaceful, um, because the peaceful person's a little more indecisive. The um, powerful person's more, more decisive. And so, you know, the powerful person likes to make decisions uh, and the other person doesn't as much. And so, uh, you know, they tend to tend to match up because it kind of works. Um, melancholics, more analytical, self-sacrificing, a planner, scheduled, organized, orderly, likes to know what's coming next, right? Detailed. Uh, so that's definitely my wife. She's great at all of that. I am very weak in most of those. Um, she's uh, the other part was like moody and pessimistic, which, I mean, we joke about this. It describes her a little bit. <laughs> So we talked about how choleric and the phlegmatic attract each other. It was fun, right? It was a fun test to do. It helped us understand each other better. Um, so like as we were driving out, you know, we, we laughed about this. This was part of our connection and we, we felt more connected physically. The connection was going better now because again, we were, I was, I started the date better than I had in the past. Okay. At least that was part of it. And she was open to that too. So, you know, we, we drove out at the parking lot and like somebody pulled out in front of me and I was just like, oh man, like that guy's such an idiot. I'm going to run him off the road. Said something like that. Um, and I started laughing as soon as I saw that, because I saw right away how this was that choleric, superior, proud, judgmental personality coming out. And I look, I do this kind of thing a lot when I'm in the car. I say I'm very mean to people that are driving um, for, for whatever reason, especially when the other, like the kids and stuff are in the car. I don't know if I'm just, it's part of this whole thing, right? Trying to prove I'm superior. Um, so then Elizabeth, my wife, you know, we were, we were playing a song. It was a Blink-182 song actually. And, um, you know, we both knew it and we're kind of, uh, singing along with it a little, but then she was like, she just said something like, well, do you like it when I, when I say things like, you know, whoever wrote this song was an idiot. And I actually started laughing. I, I was like, yes, I do relate to you when you say that, but she actually felt bad. She felt bad about just even making that as a joke. You know, she's like, that's somebody's son. You know, they worked so hard on that song. That's, that's where she went to, uh, which is great you know, just empathetic, stepping into their shoes, being really genuinely caring versus, you know, judgmental and superior where I tend to go to. So the thing about having a strong and person and powerful personality is it can be a good thing, right? You know, Jesus, he definitely had a strong and powerful personality, right? Uh, he was focused, right? He had a mission to do. He said, I'm here to do my father's work. He went about doing it. He was a busy guy. He accomplished a lot in a short amount of time, you know, three years. Okay. So he had those personality traits, right? But his motivation was always love for the people around him. You don't see Jesus walking around saying he's better than everybody else, right? You really don't, even though he was, right? He was better than everybody else, but you did not see him act that way, right? That's kind of the paradox of Jesus. He had these positive, you kind of like, if you go through that survey, right? He had like all the positive personality traits and managed to not fall into the weaknesses of those personality traits. So, and he taught us, right? He taught us in Luke 14, 11, he who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted, right? 
So, you know, my wife, when I said this, you know, I had, you know, said, I'm going to run this guy off the road. She just told me right in that moment, like, that is not attractive to me. I am not attracted to you when you act like that. Right. Yeah. I had crossed that boundary between being confident, right. Assertive, you know, sure. And being superior, right. It's, it's easy for someone that has kind of that personality type to fall into that like me, right. It's easy for me to fall into that. So here's what Jesus teaches on the Beatitudes about calling people idiots, which I do a lot. Okay. So Matthew 5, 21 through 22, it says, whosoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. And, but whosoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. So I've been looking at something called enduring word, com to do a Bible commentary. It was super helpful with this. Um, so Raka really just means contempt for the intelligence of another person. And calling someone a fool is really contempt for the character of another person. So, you know, so Raka would be like, uh, and well, okay, so contempt first. What does contempt even mean? Contempt means the feeling or attitude of regarding someone or something as inferior, base, or worthless, scorn. Okay. Inferior is what I'm going to look at mainly because this is this one-up mentality that a lot of us as, um, you know, high-achieving guys have, high-achieving Christian guys even, right? Sometimes we can even be act superior about our religion, which is really messed up, but we do it, you know, oh, I'm more righteous than the people around me. You know, they're inferior, but that's falling into this thing that Jesus says, hey, don't be doing that, right? You're in danger of the council or you're in danger of hellfire, right? So, and this is from that enduring word. So it says, commentators have translated the idea behind Raka as nitwit, blockhead, numbskull, bonehead, brainless idiot. <laughs> These are kind of, this is like an older one, right? But nowadays, idiot, moron, you know, uh, stuff like that. And it also says, Rocket is an almost untranslatable world be- word because it describes a tone of voice more than anything else. It's like, uh, you, what an idiot, right? That condescending um, tone of voice, right? Its whole accent is the accent of contempt. Or in other words, regarding someone or something as inferior, base, or worthless, or scorn. Um, it's the word for one who despises another with an arrogant contempt, Okay. So that's really what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, look, don't be doing that. (laughs) Don't be acting like the people around you are less than you, okay? Or, uh, you know, a fool, more modern terms for that would be something lazy. Or if you're fair to say, what's wrong with him? Okay, that runs through my head way too much, right? What's wrong with that person? Why are they doing that, right? Um, Calling someone immoral, being judgmental, calling people sinners, right? Um, All of that. Okay, that, that would be like calling someone a fool in, uh, in like our day language. So as a high achieving Christian guy, you probably have a fair amount of that powerful choleric personality. Okay. And it lets you accomplish a lot of things, it lets you get things done. It lets you be decisive, it lets you be effective, right? All this, it's rewarded. It's rewarded out in the world. People give that attention. They give that appreciation. You do good things right? Because you have that drive, you know, to get stuff done. Okay. All of that, it's actually, it's really good. And it's very attractive to your wife. 
But the weakness, again, is there's a tendency to look down on other people because they're not like that, because they don't get things done as effectively, because they get too emotional, right? They let things cloud their feelings. Um, so, you know, it's easy for you to call someone or something stupid or someone or something lazy or just kind of overall inferior, you know, because, you know, these people, they don't think or act or accomplish as much as you do. Right, at least in your opinion. So with uh, the, the main places we see this come up um, in conflict in marriage is money, right? So you might think, man, I really manage my manage my money a lot better than my wife. She doesn't even know what's going on uh, with sex. You know, she should, she should like it more than she does. Uh, she still like it as much as me uh, with in-laws, right? Hers are dumb, mine are better, whatever. With parenting, my ideas are better than hers. With religion, I'm more righteous than her. She doesn't, you know, do these things this way. With housework, oh, I do more than my share, or it's her job anyway. I'm, I'm like, I'm above that. Um, with um, time, oh, the way she spends her time, she wastes so much time. What's going on, right? I find myself getting into that a lot, like with uh, her on the phone. Like, why are you wasting so much time on the phone? Okay, very one up, very judgmental. So Jesus, he's clear on this. He says, look, this is a dangerous way to think, guys. It's not Christ-like. You're in danger of the council. You're in danger of hellfire. You're in a spot that is not consistent with living a good life. So as I'm understanding what I'm trying to do with my work with men more and more, it's really about leaving a legacy, right? Creating that great marriage and then leaving that legacy for your kids, Okay. Guys, the, the nastiest thing I've seen about myself is that I have done this with my kids a lot, where I go into this more superior mindset. I've talked about being overly competitive with them, like getting so mad if they beat me in a sport. Like that's ridiculous. You know, it's it's not going to create a good relationship. That's not the legacy I want to leave. I don't want my kids telling those stories. It's too late. My kids are already going to tell those stories to their kids. And that's that's on me, right? My younger kids hopefully won't ever see that. That's my goal, right? Um, so that their kids don't hear those stories, <laughs> right? Um, they, they hear the stories of, no, dad was, we had fun together. You know, he loved us. He didn't act like he was better than us. He, sure, he taught us. Because it's not to say like, sometimes you just have more skill in something. You may be a better money manager than your wife, but that doesn't mean she's less of a person than you or stupid, right? Or an idiot, it just means, yeah, like maybe you can share something with her. The other thing too is realizing maybe she can teach you something. You know, that's what powerful cholerics need to understand, right? Sure, we're smart. Sure, we accomplish stuff. But like other people know stuff too, right? Maybe they even know more than you if you could believe it, right? So again, my wife told me, right? I'm not at all attracted to you when you say things like that, right? And that, that stuck with me. You know, cause I, that's what we talk about here. How do you be more attractive to your wife? And it's by embodying those positive traits and really being careful of those negative traits with your particular personality type, which probably has a decent amount of this powerful choleric with it. Right. It, even we talk about that mosquito method a lot where you're doing all these nice things, doing all these nice things. But really when you look close, it's kind of a way to show like I'm better than you. And also you owe me something for all this, right? You owe me sex for all the good things I'm doing. Cause I'm a good husband. You just can't see it. Right. But what you don't see in that statement is you're being that one up arrogant a-hole, right? Like it's not attractive to your wife. Right. So 
as a review, understand your personality and your wife's. It's a fun way to help you get closer. So I recommend that book, Personality Plus by Florence Litauer. Uh, fun to read. Test is easy. It's something fun to do together. Um, and as a high achieving Christian man, you probably have a decent amount of that powerful choleric personality. So use those strengths of decisive, decisive drive, positivity, confidence. They're good things, but just watch out for that pride that comes with that personality type and being really condescending and rude and acting superior to the people around you. Okay. So calling others intellectually or morally inferior, right? Acting superior to them. It might feel good for like a moment, but look, it's not attractive. And in Jesus' words, it puts you in danger. It is not going to create the life and marriage that you want now. And it's not going to create the life and legacy that you want for your kids, right? You don't want them saying, yeah, dad thought he was awesome. And he did a lot, but he was just like, you know, he just always wanted to be the best. He always wanted to be better than us, right? So what you can do is you can give thanks to God for your strengths and then use them to serve other people. Right. And also be willing to learn from other people. Right. They have, uh, they have things to give too. You can learn from the people around you. All right, guys. So if you are wanting to create more love and intimacy in your marriage and leave a legacy of that love and connection for future generations, showing them what a good Christ-like man looks like and what a great Christian marriage looks like so they can model that forever. Right. So your kids, grandkids, great grandkids do that. Okay. It can start with you. You just have to learn the strengths and skills to do it. And I would love to help teach those to you and work on it with you. Right. I'm not perfect in this, um, but I have learned a lot and I like sharing that. And I've been able to help other guys turn their marriages around, whether that's to have more intimacy or to save it from a separation or divorce. Um, we've been able to do that by doing these things. So if you would like to work together to create that marriage of love and intimacy, leave a legacy of Christ-like leadership for your future generations, come apply to join me at mikefrasermd.com and click on work with me. There's an application to fill out there and then I will get back to you and we will talk about further steps. Maybe jump on a call and just uh, make sure that you're a good fit and ready to to get in and do the work. All right. So again, that's mikefrasermd.com and uh, jump in there and we will see you there. All right. We'll see you next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review on iTunes and share the episode with a friend so we can help create stronger men and stronger marriages across the world. And if you're ready to take your strength training and your marriage to the next level, visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how. I'll see you there.